0: We're going to talk about dreams today. You have dreams? We all have dreams, and sometimes our dreams flourish and blossom, and sometimes they get stepped on along the way, and we kind of stop dreaming them, and we're like, how about about if we dream together today? so that's where we're heading we're gonna, we're gonna get to that in a second I want to invite you to do something for us just before we get to that if you'll take out one of our connect cards and fill it out with your family's information and put that in the offering later on that'd be really helpful to us just to stay connected uh, and then let's pray together then we'll jump into scripture okay Lord thank you for uh, the fact that you have dreams for us there are things that you want for us Lord Every one of us, uh, you created uniquely, and you have designed a path for us to walk down that is filled with dreams. It's filled with things that you have for us. It's filled with adventures, I think, that you want us to explore and gifts you want us to unpack and things that you want to do in our souls. And I pray for us today that we would hear you when you speak to us and we would see when you reveal the path to us. And Lord, together as your church, we invite you to transform our lives so that we'll be so filled with passion for you and so productive in uh, the way we live our lives for you. Lord, thank you. We come today in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so what are your dreams? What, what are the things that keep you awake at night? What are the things you just go, oh, I have to have, I have, to have this. I have to go this direction. We've got to accomplish this thing. What is that for you? Because that's what we want to talk about today. I've had a lot of dreams in my life. One of my dreams when I was younger was to travel and uh, I have been able by God's grace to go to more places around the world than I ever dreamed I would do. Uh, and in fact, uh, Donna and I and Pastor Sean and some others from Lakeside are taking a tour uh, starting tomorrow of the nation of Israel, going to go back and, and look around where the stories of the Old Testament played out, the stories of Jesus played out and those things. And it's a... It's a fulfillment of a dream for me to be able to lead people there, not just to be there myself, but to lead people there and go, look at this, check this out, look at the, look at this lay of the land, and how does that relate to our spiritual journey? It's a dream I had when I was young. I had a dream to have a family, and so I ended up with a beautiful wife, and uh, that was by God's grace only, and uh, and then we ended up with three great kids who are all in their adult uh, years now. And so then when they got in their adult years, I started having this other dream. It was, it was new. It was like, this is a weird dream. There was this dream started to come like to, like to have grandchildren. Such a weird thing. Uh, but I have them now, and I brought pictures. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, my little one on the left, she, she had her first birthday this week. She's one year old. Yeah. And some of you remember she was, she was born premature, and she's healthy, she's strong, she's doing great. And my, son, my grandson, Remington, there, he's two and a half, and uh, we're just having a ton of fun together. That's a fulfillment of a dream that I didn't even know I was going to have until much later in my life. I dreamed years ago of uh, launching a church... And it wasn't a dream I pursued. It wasn't something that I'm like, oh, this would be a great idea. I should do this. It was something that God pursued me about. It's something that God kept knocking on my door and um, or maybe he was pushing my doorbell and the battery was out on my doorbell so it wasn't getting through to me, you know, and he kept knocking and kept knocking and said, I got this dream for you that I want you to live out. And so the dream was to start a church in our community here and to see as many people as possible transformed into passionate and productive followers of Jesus. That's my dream for you. That dream just never goes away from me. I so much want to see your life grow up as a follower of Jesus. I want to see you take every step you could possibly take to see Jesus Life be formed in your life so that when people see you, they might, they might, they might not think it in these words because maybe they don't know Jesus and they don't know how he works in us. But when they see you and they see your life, something will register in them, in them where they will say, I came into an encounter with God today because they came into an encounter with you. Not that you are God, but that God lives through you. That's the dream. What do you dream? What does God have for you? And he's saying, I, I dream this for you. I want this for you. See, I believe you've got all these dreams in your life. You, you start them as a child. There's a million things you're dreaming about as a child. And, and some of those dreams come true. Some of those dreams are fulfilled. And then some of them, they get laughed at every now and then. You go, oh, I guess I'm not going to pursue that dream. And I think some of the dreams that get laughed at are the most important dreams we have. But when people step on them a little bit, when we get discouraged, you go, "Oh, I, I think I'm not going to fulfill that dream. I think sometimes God goes, "Oh, I really wanted you to fulfill that one." I never dreamed about running a marathon. Some of you have. Some of you you dream of the next one. You've got them scheduled out from now till you're 80. I don't know. I never, I never got that. You know, people are like, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? I, I, that was never on my bucket list. It was never on my dream list. It was never on a list of happy thoughts for me anywhere in my life. I, you know, I, did, I, I ran. I, 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 was, I would never call myself a runner. I ran when I was younger, you know, and I every now and then I'd do a 5K race, you know, and then every now and then I'd kind of think, oh, I'm going to muscle up and do 10K, and then I thought that was foolish. So I backed down to 5K, and then after a while I just quit. My hip hurt, my knee hurt, and I'm like, Pfft, I'm done. And then in 2013, World Vision Contacted us and they said there's a half marathon in Folsom. It's called the Folsom Blues Breakout. And we'd like to invite lakesiders to run and raise money for world vision for for digging wells in Africa to to provide clean water for villages in Africa where girls have to walk miles to get to the well or to the spring or to a muddy creek and then back and be able to bring water for their family. So they miss school and all this stuff. And so we said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna invite people to run a half marathon to raise money to make that happened. and like 60 or 70 lakesiders signed up to run a half marathon I was not one of them <laughs> but I was inspired by those who ran and we had 60 or 70 sign up I don't know if we had that many run but they signed up which is a start and uh, and they ran that year and they did some great things for a world vision and some great things for children in Africa and it was beautiful and somewhere in that year between 2013 and 2014 I got inspired and I'm like I saw the people that were running that thing, man, if they can do it, I bet I could do it. So I started running again, slowly, as normal. And uh, in 2014, I, I ran the half marathon, I did the Folsom Blues breakout, and now I'm terrible at it. Like, I'm just like slow, and, uh, and of course, slow is relative. Other people look at me at my, my pace, and they're like, you're amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing, I'm still breathing. But I ran that half marathon, and I, I, didn't, it wasn't, I didn't do all that great at it, but I was, I, it turns out I'm not that great at running, but I'm pretty good at raising money. World Vision took notice, and it's really not that I raise money. It's like you. a lot of you raised money for me to run. I think you just wanted to watch, you know, and giggle or something at the spectacle of it all. But, um, so World Vision, they found out I could raise some money, and so they, they called me about six or eight months later. They called me in, in June of 2015. They said... we'd like to invite you to go further. We know you did the half marathon. We'd like to invite you to go further. There's only one thing further. It's like, it's a marathon. They go, yeah, we'd like to invite you to run the New York City Marathon. I said, no. Thank you. No, and I didn't say no because I'm not interested in their good cause. It's not that I didn't believe in their cause. Their cause was fantastic. What they wanted to do was fantastic. I said no because I'm not a runner. And marathon had never been on my dream list. But they gave me some time to think about it. I'm like, what part of no do you not understand? <laughs> so I thought about it for a while. Then I found out that the, from the New York City Marathon, you have to qualify to be able to run in it. Like you have to be able to run at a certain pace for 26 miles in a previous marathon to be able to do this. I'm like, I'm not doing another marathon to run this marathon. That makes no sense to me. And then I found out there's another way you can get in the New York City Marathon. You can get in by lottery. Like, why would I join a lottery to run a marathon? makes no sense to me. then I found out there's a third way you can get into the New York City Marathon. You can be a charity case. That's where, that's where a charity signs you up to run for them to raise money for their benefit. That's called a charity case. I'm like, I'm in for that. So on November 1st, 2015, I stood at the starting line in Staten Island preparing to run the New York City Marathon through all five boroughs of New York City. Because there was a dream there to do something that would be greater than just my life, to be able to make a difference in a cause for something that was greater than just my life. It wasn't a long-term dream, and it ended rather rapidly, but it was a dream. What are you dreaming of? If someone says to you, let's go further, what would you dream of? It's interesting that God uh, lays out for us this appeal I think he comes alongside of every single one of us and he goes, let's go further. I think he comes alongside of whole churches and he goes, let's go further. Let's do something together. Let's accomplish something together. Let's change the world together or let's just change our little world together, but let's go further. There's a letter written by the Apostle Paul. It's found in first, it's, it's called First Thessalonians. If you have your Bible, you wanna follow along with this, I invite you to do that. Uh, if you have your smartphone, you wanna get the YouVersion Bible app out, you can do that. 1 Thessalonians, it's the, it's the first letter that Paul wrote to this church in Thessalonica. It's in a city, uh, it's a city in the region of Macedonia and Paul started this church and it was really hard to get that church going. He had this dream to bring the gospel to these cities around the Roman Empire. One of them was Thessalonica. He shows up, it's pretty rough scene getting started, but this church gets planted and then He leaves. And he writes back to them about all the things he's hearing about them and the things that he's seeing as a result of their lives as followers of Christ. He writes this letter back to them. And he's got amazing affection for them. Listen in 1 Thessalonians, as he begins in chapter one, verse two, he says, we always thank God for all of you continually men- and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He goes, we always thank God for you. You have anybody in your life, it's like they're so great to you, or how they live their life, all you can do is thank God for them, Paul says, that's you guys, Thessalonians, I always thank God for you, and here's, here's the deal, I watch your lives, and your lives are lived out with eternal values, he says, when I hear about you, all I hear about is your faith, and your hope, and your love remember, Paul told the Corinthians in another letter, he said, those are eternal values. They last forever, faith, hope, and love. And he said, your faith, hope, and love, you're inspiring, they're inspiring you to do things. They're inspiring you to be productive and to work and to, and to engage in life for Christ's sake. Those values are doing amazing things in you, he says, so I'm always thankful to God Then down in verse six, he says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit and you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Two things. Number one, they became imitators of Paul and of Jesus. Like they watched them and they go, okay, this is what this is like, then we're gonna do it. They imitated them and then they became a model to all the believers in their region so that other people could imitate them. There's this chain going on. So what happens is they were transformed and then they became transformational. That's part of our dream for one another here at Lakeside. We want to be transformed, all every one of us, each of us transformed into passionate and productive followers of Jesus and then to become transformational so that other people are transformed through us. That's the dream. Same as Paul, same as the Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 13, he he keeps going, he says, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. He goes, when you heard the gospel, you didn't just go, oh, that's a human thing. You listened to the gospel and you said, that's different than any message I've ever heard. I've never heard anyone talk about someone dying and rising again because they love people so much. And just because they loved them a lot doesn't mean they'd be able to rise from the grave. That's a word from God, not from human beings. And then he says, I'm so grateful for you because because you weren't arrogant in how you received this. You were humble in how you received it. You practiced meekness in how you received it because you became imitators not only of us and of Jesus, you became imitators of the churches in Judea. The first churches. The Christian church started in Judea. He said, you guys said, we're going to learn from the people in Judea who've gone down this path before us. Instead of arrogantly saying, I got this dialed in, I'll do it myself. I got it figured out. No, he said, "You, you learn from others. Chapter three, verse nine, he says, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank God for you over and over and over. That's how he communicates with the Thessalonians. Then chapter, now that's three chapters out of a five chapter letter. And all he's doing is thank you, thank you. I thank God for you. That's the whole letter so far. And then he gets to chapter four and he says this, as for other matters, he goes, I do have other things to say as, as, you know, and not just thank God for you. I got other things to say. As for the other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God as in fact you are living. Now, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. He goes, you're already doing it. You've been transformed. You're being transformational for others. You're already doing it. Now, do it more and more. One translation says, we want to invite you to excel still more. Paul standing on the sidelines and saying to them, let's go further. You're doing great. Now let's go further. And then down in verse nine of chapter four, he says, now about your love for one another, we don't need to write to you for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. In fact, you, you do love all God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. Let's go further, he says. You're doing so great at loving one another. You're doing so great at loving the people in your community and in your region. You're doing so great. I'm so thankful to God for you. Now, let's do it more and more. Let's go further. When my younger daughter was learning how to swim, we were at the neighbor's house and uh, we had pool rights to the the neighbor's house, you know. I don't remember how we got those. Somehow, Donna finagled us to get pool right so we had a key to the fence and the lock on it you know and the whole bit so they were like come over anytime you want go swimming so we had the kids over there and my my little my youngest one bethany she's learning how to swim she's got those bright orange floaties on like water wings or something i don't remember what they call them but i'll learn again in a few years i think uh anyway she's in the water she's got her floaties on she's paddling like crazy getting absolutely nowhere And suddenly our son, who's about two years older than her, he hops up out of the water. He's on the deck of the pool, right by the edge of the pool, and he starts cheering for her. like, what kind of kid cheers for their sibling? He's cheering for her. He says, come on, Bethany, come on, Bethany, you can do it. I encourage you. That's Paul to the Thessalonians. He's like, come on, you guys, come on, you guys. You got this. You can do it. I encourage you. That's my heart for you today. You have a dream that God has put in your soul. And you may be living it out, and I go, good, let's go further. Or you may have let it get stepped on you. Maybe you put it aside, and God goes, pull that thing back out. Let's live that dream. Or maybe we live it out as a church together. We go, come on, you're doing great. I'm always proud of you and us as a church. You're doing great. Now let's go further. When I was running the New York City Marathon, at the beginning I was killing it. Well, relatively speaking, killing it, you know, because not actually killing it. They, they, there's so many people that run the New York City Marathon that they start in waves. They call them waves. There's there's like 50 or 60 thousand people that run this race, and uh, and they start them in waves. They put the fast people first, and the, and then the me last. And they, I would have thought they swapped that whole thing and put the slow runners first, and the last people could catch up. We'd all cross the line and they'd get at the same time. It'd be really inspiring, but that's not how they do it. The fast runners, the ones who are expected to win, they start first. And, and then the slower ones, they start like way later in the morning. In fact, the winners of the race, the winner of the race was done and off the course before I started. That's disheartening. <laughs> but I was doing pretty good. The first part, you know, my brothers had come out from the West coast to watch me and to cheer me on and stuff. And we stayed with some friends who, was, uh, who were church planters in Brooklyn. They had a church and we've sponsored their church over the years. So we stayed with them. My brothers were there and I said, stand in front of their church. Cause it's right on the course. So when I go by the church at eight miles, I'll know where you are and I'll, you know, we'll be able to like, yay. And, and I'll die and you can go home, you know? So Anyway, so I ran by in eight miles. I'm feeling fantastic. I'm I'm waving. I'm smiling. No one took a picture because I've seen pictures of me in in races like that. There's no picture that exists in the world of me smiling during a race. I've seen people run and smile at the same time. I'm like, you're wasting energy. I'm at the eight mile mark and I'm I'm waving and smiling. I'm, I pass them by, you know, and I get to the halfway point, thirteen point one miles, and I'm and I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling fine. Then I go over the Queensboro Bridge from from Queen, the the uh, Borough of Queens over into Manhattan. I go up the Queensboro Bridge. And then it's not a very high mountain, but it's uphill, and I'm passing people. And, I, and, and you know, while I'm going over the bridge, the sun came out, and the clouds parted, and you think, oh, that's really good. I'm like, no, it's not, because it got hot. <laughs> and I'm coming down the backside of, that, of that, uh, that bridge and turn up on First Avenue to go up Manhattan to go around and hook through the Bronx and then back down to Central Park. And about halfway up First Avenue, I died. I mean, the fact that I'm here today is evidence of resurrection, <laughs> I, I can show you the pace. Uh, this is my pace going through the marathon. First half, second half. All those, all those deep canyons are when I was walking, someone said, you know, how, how'd you decide to, like, walk? I'm like, I don't remember deciding. <laughs> Suddenly I was walking. I had to decide to run again. And the problem I had... With all of that, is fuel. I ran out of fuel. I talked to all my good running friends, get, trying to get ready, trying to get coaching tips on how to run a marathon, and I, I, chose, I chose unwisely the people to talk to. I, chose to. I chose to talk to good runners about how to do it. They don't know what it's like to be on the course for five hours. So I couldn't follow the fueling advice very well, and I had these little, like, um, protein beans or something with me, little like energy beans or something. They come in little packets. I ripped one open and all the beans fell on the ground. (laughs) Well, I'm not eating those. Do you know where all these feet have been all day long? So I ran out of fuel. And I got slower and slower and slower. Here's the deal. At Lakeside this season, we have put together a rallying cry. It's the same rallying cry that Paul gave to the Thessalonians 2,000 years ago. It's, let's go further. Let's look at where we are today. I'm like, okay, this is where we are. This is what we're doing. And we're doing great or we're maybe not doing so great or whatever that thing is. Here's where we are today. Let's go further. And we want to make sure that you're not just trying to go further without any fuel, but we want to go, let's add fuel to this thing. Let's add fuel to the race. Let's add fuel to the dream. So, for us as a church, we've got three things we want to do to add fuel to the race that we're running. Number one, and this won't sound all that uh, inspiring, but you'll understand as we talk through it. Number one, we want to, we're going to relaunch adult ministries here at Lakeside. I look at Kids Fest and what our leaders in Kids Fest are doing, and you who are volunteers in Kids Fest, just doing fantastic with our children. That's amazing. And we've got our student ministries that meet over in the block, and those guys are doing amazing. And then in our adult ministries, although we've had a lot of really, really high capacity gifted volunteer leaders among us, it's been, it's been uh, a year or so since we've had actively involved focused pastors in that area. And so I'm so excited these days that we have Alicia Wilson on board with us and Ryan Reed on board with us. Great young leaders who are, are leading us forward in our adult ministries where we go, let's care for one another. Let's build up and encourage one another. Let's inspire one another. Let's lean into the well-crafted life of following Jesus together. Yeah, good. Me too, you you and me. (laughs) Alicia is on our pastoral team because last time we cast vision like this, she got inspired and she goes, "I, I I need to lean more into what God's asking me to do. She's now on our pastoral team. And those guys are working hard to recreate what we need to do among us. Not that it's all about us, but something's got to be taking place in us so that this dream gets fired up and we're able to move forward for Christ's sake. And so they're working on the areas of care ministries among us and how do we care for one another and working on the connection side of things and how do we get connected because it's hard to get connected in a bigger church where you go, man, I I see people come in and out of the gatherings, but I don't really really know how to meet them or how to be connected to them. They're working on how do we do that together as well as how do we live out the well-crafted life of following Jesus. I'm so excited about that piece of just adding fuel into our dreams and into what it looks like to follow Christ. Second thing we're working on is to develop leaders. You, you, you might say, well, we, we always do leadership here at Lakeside. We try all the time. We've got this whole protege program to raise up emerging leaders. We just added two young men to our protege team in the last couple of weeks now. They're working in high school ministries, one in music and one in teaching and leadership. And so we're working on that. But it's not just about protege. It's not just about the young people like, oh, let's get the young people. They'll do it. No, it's about us. See, I I believe if you're breathing, you have influence in someone's life. Unless you live in a log cabin in Montana, which none of you do. If you're breathing, you have influence in somebody else's life. You live in a community. We live in a community and we, and we bump into each other and we influence each other. And if you have influence over someone or in someone's life, then you have leadership. And we're like, let's develop that leadership at whatever stage of life you are. I want you to look at your life I want you to dream about where's the influence that God has given to me. Is it in your oikos? Is it in that group of 8 to 15 people that God has put in the front row of your life? Is that your leadership area? Or is it in some bigger area? Ladies, I want to invite you to lead. As a group, we've just passed through this really hard journey in our country. Men and women and antagonism against each other and political parties antagonizing each other. But ladies, let's take the lid off. For you to lead. Why would you not be able to lead among us? Lead. We want to fuel that. And men, lead. You you breathe every day. You influence people every day. But sometimes men, we back up from it. Like, oh, we'll, we'll let someone else do it. Like in the spiritual world, we'll let someone else do it. I'm fine leading in the business world, but don't make me lead at church. Get my wife. She's more spiritual than I am. I'm like, yeah, fine. I'm glad she's more spiritual than you are. But you, men, let's go further. Don't abdicate. Lead in your circle. Lead into places that God calls you to. And the third area of fuel we want to add is a phrase we just want to call Experience Jesus. And now you have to say, yeah, 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 but we do that all the time here at Lakeside. We experience Jesus all the time here at Lakeside. And I agree, that's true. But there's, there's this command in the Old Testament where God says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. You know that one? Here at Lakeside, I think we're really good with the last two words mind and strength. We love Jesus with our mind. We love to dig deep and get into Bible study and go, give me the truth and let me know what it's like. And I got to be in more Bible study. So I get more truth about Jesus because I want to love him with my mind. Fantastic. Or we're really good at loving him with our strength, which is how we serve him. Like we are serving out the wazoo, which I don't know if you can even say in church, but we serve that way. Like, we're involved in serving our community with all of our strength. And I look at Lakesiders and go, you guys are amazing. Servers, workers, high-capacity volunteers. Amazing. Good. So we love God with our, with our mind and with our strength. But sometimes we, f- we feel on our leadership team, we feel like we, we love God with our mind and strength, but we sometimes lose out on heart and soul. And we want to make sure that we lean into this part of the dream, that we connect with Jesus' heart and soul. That matters to us, it matters to Him. And so we're looking for ways to create opportunities to fuel that part of the dream. So that with Christ and with one another, we go, let's go further. I want to give us an invitation to get started today. First, we have to dream. Before you can ever fulfill the dream, you have to dream. We put on your cards to, on your cards. We, we put on your cards a chair today, no way. We put on your chairs a card today, really simple, and it's a, it's a let's go further card. let's call it that. We ask for your name and for a, an email that's a good contact for you. And then just to fill out this, I wish to go further in what? We have dreams for the whole church where we go, hey, let's go forward in the well-crafted life. Let's go forward in serving our oikos and loving those people on the front row of our life. Let's do those things together. But what are your dreams for yourself? Maybe they're the same. Maybe there's something different that God is not knock, knock, knocking for you. And he's like, let's do that. And I don't know what they are for you. why well, we've given you a card for you to write down what those dreams are for you. Maybe your dream is about your spiritual life. And you go, I'd like to go further in my spiritual life. And maybe for you, uh, that involves a small group. Connection. Maybe when you go, I haven't been involved with a group of other people who are going to sharpen my faith, whether it's sharpening, sharpening my faith in my mind or sharpening my faith in my soul or sharpening my strength in my, uh, in my service. Maybe that's it for you. It's like, I gotta, I gotta do that. I gotta take that step. Or maybe it's the well-crafted life. You go to these five crafts that we talk about in the Well-Crafted Life, scripture and prayer and generosity and connection and service, and you go, one of those has to grow for me. Maybe, maybe all of those have to grow for me. Maybe you say, I really need to get scripture into my soul. Not just to know it up here, but to, but to have it in here and to live it out. Or maybe... Maybe you're good with the intellectual side, the scriptural side, the the side that goes into your brain, but you need to to work on that side that comes out, which is your prayer. I need to be able to communicate my heart to God in prayer. Maybe that's your dream. Maybe your dream is to practice generosity. Maybe you look at your life and you go, "I'm I'm not really generous. I hold on tight to that which I have. Maybe practicing generosity is your dream. Maybe maybe your dream is simply to be connected. You've been here for three weeks and you're like, I don't, I don't know how to get connected to anybody. Or maybe you've been here for three years and you're still saying, I don't know how to get connected to anybody. It's my dream to be connected in my church. Or maybe it's service, part of the well-crafted life. Maybe it's, I've, I've been on, sitting on the sidelines for too long and I keep hearing about opportunities to serve but I'm not taking advantage of those. Well, maybe this is, your dream today or maybe your maybe your dream is not so much in the spiritual side of life although although our spiritual life certainly permeates everything we do but maybe you look at your life and you go my dream is really for my family i want my family to soar that's my dream i got a spouse and three children that's my dream i want my family to soar or I want my kids' families to soar. Or maybe you look at your marriage, you go, "My, marriage is in tough shape." And your dream is simply that you would restore what was broken. And maybe that means counseling, maybe that means a marriage conference. Maybe it means a, a couple's small group. I don't know. Or maybe you look at your children and you go, oh, man, I need, to, I need to invest more. My dream is to invest more with my children. I got these little ones running around and we haven't really invested in them like we could. Maybe, maybe your dream is just simply to wrestle on the floor more. Or maybe your dream is to pray with your children. See how many places your dreams can go? And I've just begun to scratch the surface of what they could be and i imagine all the way through our conversation today you've been thinking about oh that was my dream or this was my dream at one time or that that part of my dream got sort of squashed and i've i've left it behind maybe you already know what that dream would be i want you to take your card and i want you to write down your dream on it put the contact information on there write down your dream i wish to go further in what area And you you go, it's a pretty small card, Pastor Brad. You didn't give me much room. It's like, well, use the back. Add a piece of notebook paper. It doesn't, you know, do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. But here's what's going to happen. We're going to take these cards. And when we're done today, not quite yet, but when we're done today, we've we've built a wishing well in the back of the auditorium. We're going to ask everybody. I know some of you like to scoot out those doors to get your kids from Kids Fest. Guess what? There's another route. And so we're going to ask everybody to go out the middle doors when we get done today. Don't push and shove. There's plenty of time and space. But we're going to ask you to go past the wishing well, and we're going to ask you to drop your card in the wishing well. Now, wishing wells come with a lot of weird connotations. You know, I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know the background of wishing wells. Pe- people thought the god, of, the god of metal, which makes coins and money, the god of metal interacts with the gods of the water, and they make special things happen. That's not our wishing well. <laughs> our wishing well is based on this concept from Jesus and in- Jesus. In John 15, 7, where he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is about leaning into Jesus and the dreams that he has for us. So we want you to write your dream on the card and then put it in the wishing well. And in the next couple of weeks, not by Tuesday, because we're hoping there's more than a thousand cards in that wishing well by the end of today, but... In the next couple of weeks or three weeks or so, our adult ministry team, Alicia and Ryan and the others who serve with them, are going to go through all those cards and find out the best way we can help fuel that dream with you. Because we want you in the race. We want you to go further, and we don't want you to run out of fuel. So when you write your dream and you put your contact information, expect in the next few weeks, someone's going to contact you about that and go, here's some options for you. Here's some fuel for you. So that together, let's go further. Jesus, I pray for us today. I'm grateful that you are a God of dreams. I'm grateful that you are a God who says, ask me what you will. Stay in me, remain in me, and I'll remain in you, and then ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. So Lord, I pray for us today. We have dreams We have desires. We have things we'd like to do for you and with you. We want to be so useful to you and so connected to you. So whatever these dreams are that we're writing down, Lord, see them and hear them. When we drop them in that wishing well, may they be a prayer from us to you that we would be able to go further with the dreams you've given to us. Lord, thank you. For everything you do for us, we love you. Amen.